Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The following is a presentation of Podcast One. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture. This year has been insane. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off and quit. That man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself. It's big time and prime time. That's why Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Now it's Bowling with Favre. All right, here we go. Week five, I believe that is. Bowling with Brett Favre, Hall of Fame quarterback, superstar, and just all around great guy, Brett Favre. Bowling, you know, from TV, whatever, just a regular guy. Um, Having a great time with this. Uh, Remember, if you're watching this, you got to go to iTunes, Spotify. Rate us and review us. That's how we get on the list. That's how we get the word out. So we appreciate you doing that. Always good. We're going to talk a little bit about CPAC, Lady Gaga's Dog Walker, Russell Wilson, and more. But Brett, my man. We got a good friend of ours first. We have the one and only Adam Carolla. Your thoughts before we throw to that? Well, I, I know Adam from Loveline. I never called in the show, but uh, I, I, I did watch. So uh, I have, uh, I, I don't know if I'd say fond memories, but memories of <laughs> Adam way back in the day. I just thought it was kind of interesting that people called in with their problems to these guys. Uh, no offense to Adam and Dr. Drew, but um, it's, I want to pick his brain a little bit about that. All right, today we're welcoming back IP Vanish to the show, and we've talked about them a lot. But if you're new to the show, IP Vanish is a virtual private network, a VPN for short. VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the Internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, All your data is encrypted. So what you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is, it's hidden. Yeah, IP Vanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the Internet, and it's really affordable. It's only costing $3.49 a month. Yeah, that's less than my Venti Cafe Americano cream, no sugar. For just $3.49 a month or $27.99 a year, you can help protect your online privacy and security. Here's everything you get. Anonymous IP addresses. That's really, really important. It means your personal IP address, which is linked to you, specifically to you, can't be tracked by anyone on the web. You'll be able to circumvent any online censorship and get protection when using public Wi-Fi. Really important, guys. And you get 24-7 support. Email them, chat with them, even call them. They're there to help. Yeah, and IP Vanish is back with an even better deal, offering you 65% off right now. Yeah, so if you go to IPVanish.com slash Farv, F-A-V-R-E, to claim your 65% savings, you'll get that. They have plans starting at just $3.49 a month or $27.99 a year. Sign up now with our special discount and get a VPN for 65% off their usual offering. Remember, IPVanish.com slash Favre to get the deal and start protecting yourself online right now. Okay, we have a special guest. Actually, our first guest we've ever had on the show. This is our fifth week, but we've had one guest, and he's sitting right there. You know him as Adam Carolla. We know him as one of the most successful podcasters in the history of the world. Adam Carolla, welcome to the Bowling with Favre podcast. Good to, good to have you, friend. Thanks for having me, guys. You got nothing better to do, do you, Adam? (laughs) You know, sadly, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, 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 Adam, you know, we, we talk about, and I've, I've watched you for years in comedy. I've watched you on shows. Uh, I've watched you and, and go on Fox. You know, I, I believe I, I read the research is that you started into the podcasting world as sort of a way to like pick up on terrestrial radio where, where, where Howard Stern was, was leaving and there's an opportunity to garner some of that audience. Is that about right? And, and what was the plan and how's it working out? Uh, yeah, you got a lot of the ingredients right, but the stew is a little screwed up. So <laughs> I took over for Howard Stern when he left terrestrial radio in 06 or somewhere thereabouts. So he left. I took over on the West Coast, had a lot of affiliates, you know, from Vegas to Seattle. And I did it for three and a half years and was successful. But at some point, they flipped the format on the home station I was on in Los Angeles. And when they flipped the format, uh, I was out of a job, probably had about eight or nine months left on my contract. So I just switched over to podcasting at that at that point. I had gotten a lot of information that my terrestrial radio show was being streamed quite a bit across the country and maybe the world. So I knew there was a kind of digital online demand, a hunger for it. So I just moved over. There, there was no format. There was no revenue stream. There was no way to monetized podcasting, you know, 12 years ago. But I just said, well, I'll just do it anyway and we'll see what happens. You know, it, it, so I come from the TV, the television world, and you kind of, you, you know how to gain an audience. You know, you go on other other shows, you, you, you put up social media posts of some of the things you've done. Podcasting is unique, and I think you've kind of pioneered the technique of becoming successful in podcasting. You know, what is the secret sauce? Because I mean, it, it's a different world. I mean, it's different from print media. It's different from radio. It's different from television. It's unique, and it's, it's almost like a closed environment. How do you get the word out within the closed environment of podcasting? You know, I, I don't think it is so different than really any form of media and that if you can get people into your tent – and get enough viewers or listeners or people in the stadium, uh, then you'll be successful. Now, how do you get those people? Nobody really knows. I, I, I think it's all, I think everything is still word of mouth, no matter how much we try to push. You take, for instance, a movie. You launch a movie, it doesn't matter how many billboards you buy, how much advertising, how many TV commercials. If the thing is a stinker, then the movie's not going to do well. Conversely, if you make a movie that everyone loves, word mm -hmm. of mouth will propel it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I don't think it's much different from products to podcasts to movies to TV shows. You know, think about TV shows. What gets you to watch a TV show? Somebody comes up to you and goes, are you watching The Sopranos to yeah. date myself? And you go, no, I don't. And they go, oh, you've got to watch The Sopranos. And next thing you know, you're watching The Sopranos and then you're telling three other people at work yeah. about it. So um, unfortunately, 
I wish there was a, a secret sauce, you know, but there really isn't. It's just show up every day, put out a great product and have people share that product. Yeah. Uh, uh, that being said, when you got into podcasting, um, it was relatively new uh, in re- in relation to today, obviously, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking about how you got into it, did you have like, okay, I'm a, you said, okay, I'm gonna do a podcast. Was there something that necessarily you, you were going to talk about in general more than anything else? Or did you, did you have a plan or did you just said, you know, I'm going to just talk about the current events and have a, people call in or ha, try to get a guest every week. Uh, what kind of was your initial thoughts? Well, I've been doing terrestrial radio for so long that I sort of had a format, a, a loose format. In, in you know, I was going to try to get a guest to come each show I was going to talk about current events. I was going to talk about what went on that day in my life or the weekend before. You know, there wasn't a real specific format. There was just, and and I don't think, I mean, there are some podcasts that have a sort of murder mystery kind of thing, or they have a, let's talk about the office, you know, break down the TV show episodes. But I would say, mostly it's about the personalities. Do they like you? Do you make them laugh? Are you interesting to them? Uh, And then if you are, then you just sort of talk about, you know, what makes you laugh or what happened or they get to know you, they get to know your family. You know, it gets, it's, it gets kind of personal. And then you start talking, you know, they know your dog's name at a certain point. And then you go on the podcast and you go, Oh, Phil, my black lab was up all night and he threw up and I had to, he ate a sock and I had to get up at four in the morning. And next thing you know, you're kind of giving them a, a, a look behind the curtain. Like you're, you're letting them see your life. They start, they start learning your world and the people in it. And then it just starts to feel uh, a little more intimate, a little more personal. Um, it's not like hosting a game show. Uh, it's, it's much more like, here's what's going on in my world. And to me, that's always been, uh, it's an intimate format is kind of the way I look at it. And it's not, you know, it's not full of lighting and cameras and elaborate sets and, you know, Vanna White. So my thing was always like, well, just talk about what you did that day, what's gone wrong, what's funny, you know, the trials and tribulations that we all go through. So, so yeah, in they, they've done TV for 15 years. All of a sudden they say, let's do a podcast. Are you interested in doing the podcast? And I said, yes. And I, you know, Megan Kelly's a good friend of mine who, by the way, will be on the show next week. Um, and, and I talked to her about it because she launched the podcast a few months ago and she's doing very well. Um, and, and I said, what do you like about it? And she said, I can say whatever I want. I can do it. it it's different from, I come from a world where you're literally measuring every word out of your mouth because you say the wrong thing. And the side that doesn't like you, I come from the politics television world, the side that doesn't like you, the opposite side will eviscerate you and they will eat you alive in the media. Here she says she can say what she wants, but I do notice, Adam, we do five separate reads with advertisers throughout this show. 
Are we going to run into the same thing here in, in the podcasting world? Or will a company like Podcast One stick with you if you say something controversial? You know, we're going to boycott you if you continue to advertise on that podcast. Well, you know, in success, they will always come after you. So a number of years ago, my podcast was sued by patent trolls. And it was totally bogus. And it was literally insane. Some group said, some group of attorneys said that they owned a patent for, not for podcasting, but for like sequencing. Like you deliver one show on Monday the 4th and the next one's on Tuesday the 5th. And somehow they own that. Now it was baseless and bogus, but I would say to everyone, they would say, well, aren't you upset that these patent trolls are trying to sue your podcast? And I'd say, I am, but you know you've arrived. Yeah. Podcasting has arrived when patent trolls who normally go after big pharma or big networks or whatever, when they're coming after me, then that means podcasting is a thing. And so now that podcasting has become a thing, then the same rules will apply. So, mm. and, and by the way, yeah. if there's some other technology that we've not thought of yet, where somebody can get popular by expressing their opinion that makes revenues off of advertising, they will go after that as well. They'll go after anybody who has some success and has sponsorship. I just had the teachers unions of Los Angeles try to go after my sponsors because I told them to get the hell back to work and they didn't like it. <laughs> so they went after my sponsors. That's what these people do. If you tell them something you don't like, or you tell them something they don't like, they just, they're, it's cowardly. Obviously it's insane. I, I look at it as anti-American, but they're but, but, but but, but Adam, the, the, the trick, the key to, to the cancel culture working, the reason why they have such power isn't because they're in mass and that's fine. There's a lot of in mass groups on social media. It's the fact that the corporate boardrooms cave to the can to the group, to the mob by saying, look, we won't advertise on Tucker Carlson or Adam Carolla or Bowling with Arvo or Megan Kelly because this, there's a certain amount of negative feeling we get if you associate the word racism or uh, misogyny or whatever with that brand. And when corp, when the boardroom says, okay, we're going to walk away from that, that, that media entity, then cancel culture wins. Then, then they've, they've in essence fired up all the cannons. They've, they've armed every single gun that the cancel culture army has. Yeah. And it, there doesn't need to be a lot of them. You know, I was, I was thinking about this. Here's an interesting thought experiment. When I started in uh, terrestrial radio in the mid 90s, if you got a call or let's say the GM or the pro program director said, hey, need to talk to you down the hall after the show, you know, shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> Never a good sign when they tell you to close the door. But um, and you sat down and he said, listen, you said some things. I got a few letters. Some people are pretty offended by it. You could be 
sure that those letters were from religious right-wing groups. So the only letters you got in the mid-90s, only boycotts or calls to get you suspended or taken off the air, whatever. it was religious people, religious groups, and you'd said something offensive on the air. Sometimes it was just language, you know, they didn't like. Um, now, if you got to go down the hall and sit down in the program director's office and he tells you to close the door, those aren't religious groups that want you off the air anymore. Those are left-wing, mostly atheist groups who were, who were complaining the most about the religious groups yeah. 20 years ago wanting to get you off the air. The groups that would defend you back when the religious groups wanted to get you off the air were the progressive people on the left that said, these guys have the right to say what they want. That's their opinion. If you don't like it, don't listen. Now, those groups have mobilized, and that's the group that wants you off the air. That I mean, that being said, Adam, is there anything that you try to stay away from? Do you say, okay, I'm trying not to touch on politics, even though it's – or do you think that sometimes you touch on some of the, the – edgy or, or, or tense subjects just because more listeners, whether they like you or not, is better for the, for the podcast. You know, <clears throat> I just kind of, I, I, I literally, I, I made it. So I'll keep a little notepad and I'll just write down stuff that comes into my world because I got to go do a podcast later on today. And so to give you an example, one note says Dr. Seuss being canceled because I was talking yeah. about it two weeks ago. And then underneath it, it says hash browns because I just got off the road. I was in uh, Oklahoma city for three days doing shows and when I go out on the road, one of my favorite, I have to work all night, but I love going out to a good breakfast, especially in the middle of the country. And my favorite part about breakfast is hash browns. And Waffle I House. Find, I can't find good, you know what, I, you go to these places, and you go, I want hash browns. They go, yeah, okay. And then they give you cubes of red potatoes, yeah. right? And I go, no, I want the hash browns. So I go to one place. I go, I want the hash browns. I go, we have cubed new, you know, red potatoes with the skin on it. I go, no, I want the hash browns. Again, okay, we don't do that. Then I go to the next place the next day. They give me hash brown balls. These are like balls of hash brown. And I'm sitting there with the person across from me. And the person says, these things are pretty good, but they're not as good as hash browns. And I go, I know everyone loves hash browns. Why do you have to do your own take on hash browns? Why don't you just serve up hash browns or serve up hash browns and have your new potatoes as an option that nobody, nobody wants. And so I just start obsessing about where the hash browns go. And so in my podcast, I'll talk about Dr. Seuss being canceled. And then I'll talk about hash browns. Yeah, yeah. French fries, French fries in the morning. I underrated. love hash browns. Waffle House has them scattered, smothered, covered, topped, and chunked. I, that I, God bless. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. At the at the at the at the risk of sounding like an elite, uh, 
<laughs> I don't. I I love a diner, but I don't always want to just go to the greasy spoon. I want to go to a nice breakfast place, like a place that does a lot of good, cool stuff. And the problem is, is when you go to those places, you can't get the hash browns. You get all the other good stuff, but you you don't get the you don't get the old school stuff. And yes, you got to go to the Waffle House. Although I'm out in L.A., so we don't have any Waffle Houses out here. <laughs> hey, Adam, you, you mentioned the live shows. You uh, just tell us about it, because I, I think people don't realize you can go you can go see an Adam Carolla comedy show. But is are you you're taping? I think I've heard some of your podcasts that you're taping while you're doing the live comedy show. You're kind of dual purposing them. Give us a little sense of what goes on there. Yeah. So about a decade, no, about twelve years ago. Um, we started getting calls saying, well, you want to come to the Irvine Improv or this comedy club or this theater or that theater. And you used to go there and do stand-up. And now they started saying, again, like 12 years, well, why don't you do the podcast from here? So my thing was like, well, okay, I got to do the podcast anyway. Why not do a live podcast, get paid? and get a podcast out of it. So what we started doing is doing that all over the place. But what I started doing recently is I'll go to a club anywhere in the country and, you know, usually do a 7.30 show and a 10 o'clock show Friday, Saturday night. Well, what I'm doing is the early shows are the podcasts, live podcasts, just get up there, treat it almost like a live radio show, have some games and some stuff, you know, little, right. little more energy, little more emphasis on comedy because you're in a comedy club. So I'll do two live shows, live podcasts, and then I'll do two stand-up shows. The late shows will be stand-up. The early mm -hmm. shows will be podcasts. And then we'll air the live podcast, just same as we do a podcast. And it's kind of fun, kind of different, get the energy of the crowd. And uh, kind of, it's a good experience. It's, it's, it can be a little, you know, it's a little more pressure than what we're doing right here. You got a full crowd and people paid 40 bucks for a ticket. And they don't want us to see you, you know, pull up a chair and pontificate for 90 minutes. They kind of want, hash browns. They want some jokes. Yeah, you better have some punchlines on those hash brown jokes, Corolla. But, um, but it's it's an interesting format. It's one that didn't exist. It's kind of it's kind of different because the audience knows what it is now. You know, twelve years ago, they didn't really know what it was. You know, right. they didn't know what a live podcast was. But we we kind of pioneered that, and it and it's fun. And so that's I just got off the road from uh, OKC with that. So you, when you do the live shows and you you ha have a crowd out there, and I ask this because we may do some ourselves, and I kind of want to know what I'm getting into. Do you <laughs> do you uh, encourage con uh, the, uh, the the audience to uh, or participate or say, hey, throw me out a subject, let's talk about it, or is that taboo? No, I I you know what you should do. I would say for a live show is give it a little bit of a format, you know, say, let's play a game with the audience, you know, have a, a trivia game or, or some 
something unique to you, something unique to your show, something unique to your experience, you know? So kind of break it off. Say, let's do the news of the day, or let's do this game, or let's start it off with Q&A. People in the audience can ask questions, yeah. you know? And, you know, you you give it a label, QB, Q&A, yeah. something like that. Good, take it. Yeah. So someone, they can ask questions about, uh, you know, football or you or playing or playing quarterback or something like that. So you, you go, okay, we're going to start off with QB, Q&A. Any questions you got for Brett Favre, go ahead and ask them out there, you know, and, and give it a little bit of a structure yeah. so you guys don't just walk out there and just sort of stand there and go, uh, I don't know, what do you want to talk about tonight, you know? Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can we talk a little about your relationship with Kimmel? I find it, I find it interesting, fascinating. Um, you still, you still are pals. And, 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 you know, I know everyone gets hung up on some of the things that you guys did in the man show, but um, he's been a pretty, I, I guess it's been pretty good for you too. Uh, right. Adam, uh, bringing on his, sh- bring, bring you on his show. Has he come on your, your podcast? <clears throat> yeah, he's been on quite a few times. I've been on his show quite a few times and our friendship has just remained strong throughout the years. I mean, he got me into show business. He, he got did. He did. Radio. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know what, tell us about that. Yeah. I didn't know it either. <clears throat> I was, uh, not having any any success as a, a performer, comedian in show business, I, I I wasn't having any success. I was I'd been kind of knocking around for a number of years. Um, I was worked as a carpenter, but I also worked as a boxing instructor, which is a <laughs> weird passion of mine. And uh, I was driving my truck one day doing my carpentry and I was tuned into the local radio station out here, KROQ. And Jimmy was doing the sports on K-Rock on the radio station. And he got into some kind of argument with some other morning show character, you know, kind of the morning show zoo kind of vibe. And, um, they challenge each other to a boxing match. And, uh, and I don't know if it was pre-planned or, or what happened. It sounded pretty spontaneous. So I'm just driving my truck on my way to the job site, listening to the morning radio, like I would always do. And they start saying, you know, we need, we need boxing coaches. We need equipment. We need trainers. You know, we need, you know, we're going to do this. I'm driving my truck and I, I didn't have a cell phone or anything on me, but as soon as I got to the house, I was working building an entertainment unit for her. I just asked the, I asked the lady if I could use the phone and I called the radio station, not to train Jimmy, just to train either one of them. I was just going to call in and go, I'm a boxing coach. I just wanted to see the inside of the radio station. I just want to know how it worked, you know? So I, I, I blew in a few calls. No one ever returned my call. Eventually, I just went down to the radio station early in the morning, and I just kind of showed up. And, uh, you know, long story short, I said, I'm a boxing coach. They just said, you know, wait by the elevator. And I just stood there by the elevators. And, uh, you know, half hour later, Jimmy just came down the hall. <laughs> they didn't, security didn't come and escort you. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel comes walking down. Wait now, by the elevator, son. <laughs> Jimmy just came down the hall. 
And he said, uh, you know, I said, I'm a boxing coach. And he said, fine. And I said, I, I could train you to box. And he said, fine. And I said, all right, when do you want to start? And he said, today. And, and that was it. I had about two, three weeks to train him. And then he, uh, when we we're done, he was like, you're goddamn funny. Yeah. I said, that's right. That's what I've been, I've, I, I, I've been trying to kind of impress that upon you. And he said, he said, well, what do you want to do? You know, I said, well, I, I want to do radio, you know? And he said, mm, all right. <laughs> Why don't you just like call into the radio station on Monday? I'm not going to tell him who you are. Cause if I tell, if I tell him the boxing coach is calling in, they're not, they're not going to, they're going to go, please, that guy, what do we need the boxing coach calling in for? So he said, come up with a character, call in Monday. If they like it, you could probably call in next week. I said, fine. And the character got super popular. And the next thing you know, I was hosting a syndicated show with Dr. Drew called Loveline on K-Rock and immediately became successful. Right. And, and then and my career just just took off from there. So so Jimmy really is solely responsible for getting me into show business. Because he, cause he picked, uh, the, the character. Yeah. Did you oh, yeah, what's have, character? Yeah. Did you already have a character uh, that, or was this like, damn, now I got to find or make up a character that's going to sell? Yeah, it, it was because because Jimmy said, "What do you do?" And I said, "I hang out and shoot the shit." You know, I I just add to the conversation, and he said. Well, we don't need you for that. They already have a morning. They have two hosts. You think you're going to come in there and just sit between them? And no. He said, you want to come on the radio? You want to do something? Do a character. I said, I I don't do characters. He said, well, you better come up with something. So I came up with this character called Mr. Burcham, the woodshop teacher, who is this disgruntled junior (laughs) high woodshop teacher who hated kids because I knew carpentry. And I knew all the lingo. I knew all the tools. I knew all the woodworking stuff. So I came up with this character and it took off like wildfire and everyone loved it. And next thing I know, I got signed by William Morris and they're giving me my own radio show. And I went, and then I was more famous than Jimmy. It it took me about (laughs) 10 minutes. It took 10 minutes. I was more famous than Jimmy immediately, which is funny. And by the way, to his credit, was always fine with him. He, he, all he did was try to help me along the way. He never cared. When I, got, I was on TV. I was doing all these radio shows and TV shows, and he never, he never cared. He just, wanted, he just wanted me to be successful. And I think he wanted us to be successful. But, but a lot of guys, I don't think that would have... That wouldn't have sat well with them if their boxing coach got more successful. Like, you know, when we travel around, people would stop me and want, to, want my autograph in the early days. Uh, but he was always fine with it. So he was always secure about it. Can, can I just ask you this super popular love line? I mean, how, no. did, how did that come about? And how did you hook up with Dr. Drew? Love line was on, it, was on um, K-Rock. Dr. Drew did K-Rock. They wanted a new host at some point, And they said to Dr. Drew, who would you like to work with? 
And he said, I don't know, but there's this guy, Mr. Burcham, the woodshop teacher, that dude. Is funny. I don't even know. Dr. Drew didn't even know my name. He just knew me as Mr. Burcham, the woodshop teacher. He said, well, that dude's super funny. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. That's funny. What, what was the craziest call if the, uh, you know, uh, that, that you guys got or asking oh, for advice? What, uh, we get probably- crazy calls all the time. Uh, we had a guy go into a, a cemetery and pull someone's a, a head off of somebody who was buried so he could. Oh, my gosh. Well, I get a skull. I guess a skull, so he'd have a skull to put in his terrarium for his snake. That's probably the craziest non-sexual call we've ever got. Yeah, oh there's a there's a certain producer on a certain show called Bowling with Favre who says she got her entirety of her um, sex education through the through through Adam Carolla and Dr. Pinsky and the Love Line program. <laughs> that certain producer <laughs> or apologize to her <laughs> I, I don't want to comment on it but you know, I, I, I didn't think she uh, I don't think she wants to comment I think her mic is uh, muted right now but anyway I thought I'd throw that in um, celebrity boxing what's up with that you're a boxing instructor we, we, we were hoping Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports would box that that guy from uh, Robin Hood, the, the you know that that trading application where all those he, he ripped off so many people, and they've got this huge feud going on. We were hoping we get talk them into a into a celebrity boxing match. What do you think of that one? Uh yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch any buddy fight. It's always entertaining. But look, even. That I'll extend that to the animal kingdom. I like to watch scorpions fight and tarantulas fight. Any, any, any group fight. It's always yeah. It's I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I got asked many, many years ago to do one of those uh, celebrity boxing things, you know, and they wanted me to fight China, the wrestler, the female wrestler. Oh hell. And and I said, you know, I said, well, I know how to box because that was my that that's how I made my living as a as an instructor and and I boxed, you know. And they were like, she's tough, she's rough, she's scary, you know. And I was like, you don't understand, it's a sport, you know. And I know how to do the sport. It's not about how angry you are or about how tough you are. The you know, it factors in, but boxing is a sport. It's like playing tennis or golf, football. It's a sport. It's not about how angry you are. And they were like, she's 5'11", 185 pounds, you know? And I'm like, I'm 6'2", 205 pounds, and I know how to box. So I don't want to punch her. And then they were like, she says she's going to beat you up. I said, look, there's two scenarios here. Yeah, none good. I fight China and I beat the shit out of a woman. <laughs> That's not who the hell wants to see me beating up a the guy from a man show beating up a woman, number one, or China kicks my ass, in which case the guy that's, from that's not good. ass kicked by a lady. So I said, <laughs> I think that's kind of lose-lose. So I didn't do it. And then uh, 
Joey Buttafuoco did. <laughs> I remember that. And then Joey Buttafuoco just beat the crap out of her because he evidently didn't have any problems with it. And uh, now here we are. Yeah, and now, Adam, the uh, the world has changed. And now we have men who identify as women competing in women's sports. So now I guess it's free. It's free game. I know. We're now just entering one division where everyone is not even separated by their genitalia anymore. Just yeah. one open division. The fastest female sprinter has a beard. That's right. <laughs> uh, All right, Adam. I don't know how much time we got with you, but Brett, any, any final thoughts for Adam Carolla here? I just, before we uh, let him go? I, it was interesting. I learned a few things. Thanks for coming on, uh, giving us your time. I know you're busy, <clears throat> but it's always a blast talking with you. Yeah, yeah man. I enjoy it. Before we go, Adam, I'm going to just tell you very quickly, we were on your show, I think, right before we launched to to promote, and, and I think we were on for 35 minutes, and, and Brett will tell you, it was right before the Super Bowl. Um, you came up on show. It was 34.7 minutes with Brett and 0.3 minutes. You asked me, what's my favorite cheese? <laughs> I, sat there, I sat there for 34 minutes. I got The question I got was, what's my favorite cheese? But I wholly understand the, the, the biz, so to speak. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Adam Carolla, everybody. Catch the Adam Carolla show everywhere. And thank you, Adam. Thanks, guys. You know what, Brett? Everyone's getting a little bit older. Everyone, even even you and me. But we don't have to surrender to hair loss. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. And that's why we turn to our friends at Keeps. There are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair, and it's affordable. Treatments start at just $10 per month. With convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months, you don't have to leave your house at all. It comes in discreet packaging and has proven results. In fact, Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Now, treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act Fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash far to receive your first month of treatment for free. You know, I'm not losing my hair in any of the typical male pattern bald spots, but I have it's receding up at my forehead. So I was online looking at the keeps thing and this will help that too. It'll help stop and maybe even regrow some hair. That's yeah, keeps. you know what else, Eric? I may be losing hair in some places, but I'm gaining it around my ears and my nose, uh, my back. I don't know what that is. It's age. It's, it's age. It's, it's a natural progression, my friend. I just, I, I'm just trying to keep it on top when, in the places it's supposed to be. So <laughs> K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Farv, F-A-V-R-E, to get your first month free. Keeps dot com slash Farv. Okay, Brett, so we, we talked to Adam about Mr. Potato Head not being allowed to be called Mr. Anymore. It's the woke story. I believe it's got to be the woke story of, of the week, maybe the month, maybe even the year. I mean, this is a kid's toy, a little plastic toy. And now we're not allowed to call him Mr. Because it's, uh, I guess it's ge- too, too gender specific. What's going on? What we'll, we'll call her or call him Mrs. I, I, I don't care, but you know, I mean, we can't be afraid to call it what it is. Now, I mean, we're talking about a potato, so you, you call it what you want. It's but, a kid's but, toy. But the big picture. It's a kid's toy. When you, yeah, when you look at the big picture, 
I mean, I mean, it, we're we're skating on thin ice, in my opinion. Aren't we? Aren't we? What the hell is going on? I mean, Dr. Seuss is canceled. Mr. Potato Head has to be Potato Head, and well, I mean, yeah. that's part of that thing was that mustache. You know, so um, Dr. Seuss was canceled. Did did Biden do that on his own, or was it a, there a, a group that pressured him? Because I, I got to believe that ninety nine point nine percent of the American public, first of all, don't first of all know who Dr. Seuss is, or have read, or have been read his books, right. or have watched uh, movies that have been made. You can't tell me that there's something bad in in that a book, those stories, I mean, they're lighthearted. The characters are, are goofy characters. Um, I, I don't see anything racially um, offensive. Um, they're just children's books. I mean, for Christ's sakes. I mean, come on. You know, again, and I've been saying this, I don't mean to harp on it, but if the corporate boardrooms would stop caving to the cancel culture mob, this would stop. They wouldn't have the bullets and the ammunition to keep going after people like Dr. Seuss in his memory. The way that went down is the national list. So the, the, the country puts out a national list and Biden said he was pulling Doc six titles out of hundreds of titles, six titles off the national list because they they didn't reflect diversity enough. And so what happened was the publisher, and this is what I'm getting to, the boardroom, the publisher of all the Dr. Seuss books said, we're pulling them too. We may pull the whole series. The estate of Dr. Seuss said, you know what? We will pull those out of the f- circulation, those six books, so that Dr. Seuss didn't get completely canceled. So the, the truth be told, Dr. Seuss got canceled, but only those, those six publications. Wait till who knows if they're going to try and cancel the rest of them. Just it's crazy time, Brett. It is freaking crazy time. Feels like there's this pull back and forth, like a big uh, tug of war with a big old rope in the middle. And, yeah, and this, this woke group has got so much. They got so much momentum. They're pulling, and the rest of I call the other side common sense. Common sense versus woke in a tug of war, and woke is kicking common sense's ass right now. Yeah, and I got to believe that the majority are pro Seuss. Um, have no problems with it. So I mean, it's it's kind of like to me. Do you you go with the the voice, uh, the the negative voice, the, the the negative activists, or do you go with people who buy the books? I, well, I I think what's going on right now is they're going with the negative activists because they're, so they're going to lose money. Like, yeah, they're, they're they're afraid to be labeled racist or misogynist or sexist or homophobic or anti-Islamic or all these isms and ics that they're afraid of these labels. The corporate boredom just runs for the hills. I mean, we I don't think we talked about it last week, but Coca-Cola had a diversity training for some of their employees. And in one of the slides on this diversity training was learn how to be less white, learn how to be less white. Listen, I'm. One million percent. I love Latin culture. I would love to say I'm Hispanic. I can't, but I would love to. I love everything, the music, the the food, the song, the people. I'm not racist, but for God's sake, I refuse to act like I'm less white. I'm I don't want to get in. I won't ask you to weigh in if you don't want to weigh in if you do. But for God's sake, become Coca-Cola. Holy. Yeah. What's going on? 
I mean, that's, that's gotta be the stupidest comment, uh, or statement, uh, I've heard in, in recent memory. I mean, be less white, less, white. um, you know, the, uh, the other races out there have to be laughing at that. Like we certainly don't want Eric Bowling to act like he's. <laughs> well, yeah. well, do you remember that? That's exactly right, Brett. A couple of years ago, there was a, there was a girl, her name is Rachel Dolezal and she was a white, I believe she was yeah. a teacher and she pretended to be black and she got lit up, eviscerated maybe a few years ago, five or six years ago for culturally appropriating the African-American community. Now, now she would be heralded as a hero, a hero held up as a, as a superstar. I, I mean, it's, just, it's, I it's mean, crazy it's time, my friend. It's, yeah, crazy it's ridiculous. Time. Where does it end? Where it will it? at some point um, where people, you know, come to their senses. And I think most people, um, feel like we do like, come on, look, I'm all for equality, but I, I certainly don't see any harm in green eggs and ham or how the Grinch stole Christmas. I mean, really? Yeah. We, well, you and I came from locker rooms, spent a lot of time, you, you more so than me, obviously, but, but we spent a lot of time in locker rooms. You can't be racist in a locker room. You, no. The best, the best athlete gets on that field, no matter what color he or she is right. Hey, let's face it. Taking trips to the post office is probably not how you want to spend your time. That's why we recommend mailing and shipping online at stamps.com stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Stamps.com has saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money with stamps.com. You get the services of the post office and UPS all in one place. Yeah, and you don't want to go to the. I mean, with with viruses and everything going on right now, I I, I prefer to stay right in my my office, open up my computer, and go on stamps.com because they bring the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24/7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once. Your mail is ready. Just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. With stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention, stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. That's important. Yep. Stamps.com is definitely a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use stamps.com. Yeah, and stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. And with our promo code bowling, B-O-L-L-I-N-G, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in bowling, B-O-L-L-I-N-G. It's that simple, stamps.com, promo code bowling, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again, and that won't be soon enough. Hey, uh, Lady Gaga's dog, the dog walker gets shot four times. There's a, there's, apparently there's some sort of uh, uh, ring yeah, I, stealing dogs in L.A. Okay, there's a couple of things. When I read this story, do you, I almost think, first of all, not that it, it justifies anything, but you get shot by walking dogs. Someone had to know it was Lady Gaga's dogs, right? 
I, I, I would, guess. And I mean, I can't imagine. That, I would think. That, I would think they they shot her for that breed of dog. Um, yeah. No, it's. I mean, be, nothing adds up. There's got to be more to this story. Well, they were probably going to hold the ransom. The dogs ran. I think one of them was found, or one or two were returned. Maybe they're all returned. But I think I guess they're, they're all back now. She got all back now, Rob. Yeah, she got them all back. So yeah, I just it. What what the hell is going on? Oh my God! Com- the, the world has changed, my man. My world's changing in front of us. She, she obviously loves her dogs. Five hundred k. Five hundred k for the return or uh, the whereabouts of her dogs, and they come to find out they. I think two of the three were tied to a pole, and supposedly the person who found it found the dogs was. Uh, was an innocent bystander just happened to stumble upon two dogs tied to a pole and voila. Yeah. No, we, we, let's, let's talk a couple, couple of sports stories. And I, uh, I want to start with this one because Tiger Woods, I think this happened right after we, uh, we got yeah. off the air last week. Uh, Tiger had a, a massive car accident. I kind of rolled his, his car, his SUV. Uh, thank God he's all right. Um, the golfers on the tour now are, have decided uh, to, to, in solidarity with Tiger to wear to wear red. You thought? Have you met Tiger? Do you know Tiger? Woods? I have not. I have not. But I I I saw where the the players were going to do that, and I think it's a good thing. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whether you like Tiger or not, uh, that's that's you know, that's up to you. But you got you cannot deny the fact that he has been awesome for golf. You know, the ratings go off the charts when he's. He's, he's in the tournament or he's leading at the end or he's, he's in the hunt at the end. Um, you know, uh, I hated to see the news when, when they showed the wreck on TV and, and even worse news. Well, the, the good news is he survived. The bad news is what will it yeah. do to affect his game? If he'll even uh, a friend of mine, who's a doctor, uh, I was asking him about what he heard. What does that in his mind translate to? And he said, you know, he'd be lucky if he keeps his leg. The last thing he needs to think about right now is getting back on the golf course. And I'm sure he's not, but I mean, if any, but you know, I, I, I can already see him showing up in a major first time back from this horrifying injury and, him be in the hunt at the end. And because if anybody can do it, yeah. and we have to all admit this, if anybody can do it, Tiger Woods can. Yeah. I, I'm highly skeptical of, of that. But yeah, if anyone can, I, I agree with you. If anyone could. I'm not saying he but, will, but if anybody can do it. Greatest of all time, golfer? Hey, um, it would be easy for me to say yes, because I kind of grew up more. Uh, in in Jack's latter years, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's what I remember him as, and more of with Tiger, and in this generation, it's sort of like I think Michael Jordan's the greatest ever. Now, some may say Bill Russell, yeah. mm-hmm. some may say LeBron James, some may say Kobe Bryant. It just depends on what generation you grew up in. But Jack Jack has more majors, but less tour wins. You know, golf is golf. Football is football. You know, the the talent level was much different back when Jack was in his prime, but it's all relative. It's all equal. You know, 
they played with true woods. Now they play with metal woods. They hit the yeah. ball 100 yards further, 150 yeah. yards further on average. Yeah. But still, that doesn't that in itself doesn't justify being the best ever. Yeah. Uh, but I would say certainly he and Jack are on the you know the the middle podium together. Yeah. I would say so too. I'd say uh, the, the best way to go about the goat greatest of all time arguments, which I've done with you about quarterbacks, and you're all the Mount Rushmore of greatest of all time. I think it's it's Brady, it's Favre, it's Montana, and you know there's a there's a spot for number four that's up for debate. Uh, who would you put on the, the fourth spot? If I already called the three, so I'm not t- letting you take your you're one of the four. Who's the fourth spot on that Mount Rushmore of greatest of all time? Oh, uh, well, I, I, I would not put myself, but you, since you did, I, did, I appreciate right. that. Uh, you knew better. Being honest. If, if you no, want to do a show with me, you better no, put I, Hell, bullshit. 297 consecutive starts, <laughs> along with a couple of Super Bowl rings and, and, uh, and, uh, and a, uh, I'm sorry, a couple, uh, most valuable players in the Super Bowl rings. Absolutely on Mount Rushmore of greatest of all time. Who's the fourth, though? Well, Peyton Manning certainly is, is, uh, you know, I, I say when you put, th- if you, when you think of the best, it's Brady, Montana, and Peyton Manning. And far. And All right. Easily, what about, we, we did, we did basketball. We just, you pointed it out. I would say, agree with you. I would go with Jordan, greatest of all time. But if it's around Mount Rushmore, uh, LeBron, Jordan, who are the other two? Bill Russell, I think he's Bill got Russell. Like 11, he's got like eleven rings, yeah. right? Bill Russell, and who's the fourth? Um, Larry Bird. Okay, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Magic, yeah, you could, yeah. yeah. You, could, you could lump them in together because they. When I think of one, I think of the other. Yeah, they fed off each other. All yeah. those playoffs and all those all those players. Cool. Larry Bird did time. it. He was kind of ugly. Good, <laughs> you know, his jump shot was awkward looking. I mean, look, the guy was fantastic, and I mean, he was ugly not, too. You didn't Sorry, want Larry. him in the corner for if you were the opponent. You didn't want him to get a, a pass to the corner that, or a right. three pointer to win the game because fall he away, fall. He'd be falling into the first first row and and drain it. Uh, Mount Rushmore greatest of all time golfers. Tiger, Nicholas, you want to fill in the last two? Uh, I, I, I think you got to put Arnold and Palmer. Sam Sneed. Okay. All right. All kinds of departments across the nation, police, fire, EMS, medical workers on the front lines, all deal with constrained budgets and outdated gear and end up paying out of their own pockets for the gear they need to do their job. But there's still a job to do, and we need to get them the gear to do it. And that's why we love GovX. Big retailers don't care about you and your sacrifices so long as you're clicking the add to cart button. So GovX created an online community that honors who you are and the cause you serve. Yeah, this Pretty is cool. really awesome. Got love it. And great products. GovX works directly with brands to negotiate the best prices possible because you deserve the gear you need at the prices you've earned. Plus, you can trust that the gear you're ordering is 100% authentic, direct from the manufacturer. The GovX catalog features best-selling recognizable brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and more. I say it every week. I use some of those products. Love it. GovX not only delivers the deals on the gear you need, 
It's got the fun stuff too. Everything from camping and survival gear, Bluetooth speakers, and even tailgating coolers. Great stuff. Great stuff. And once you're a GovX member, your membership earns you discounts and everything they've got. All you need to do is sign up for free. No subscription fees. No re-upping your membership every year. None of that. Once you're approved, you're a fully-fledged GovX member for life. So if you're an American of service, a current or former member of the military, firefighting, frontline medical, or law enforcement communities, you deserve this. Join GovX for free and enjoy a community that honors and gives back to patriots like you. Seahawks might trade Russell Wilson. He opened the door. He, Cowboys, Saints, Bears, Raiders, you know, he's, he's been a staple in, in Seattle. Your thoughts? Well, I can't imagine them letting him go. And I shouldn't say let him go. They wouldn't let him go. But uh, there's no reason to think that he's just now hitting the prime of his career, especially the way quarterbacks are playing and protected these days. Um, I I think 75% of that team goes, uh, meaning production. I'm not talking about other players, but they lose. They lose a lot. They lose yeah. their, you know, the face of their franchise. But I don't know. I, I, you know, sort of like with Deshaun Watson's deal. I don't know the 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 details. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know if it's just a ploy to get a different contract. I I, I don't know. But I, if you're the Seahawks or the Seahawks fans, you got to do all you can to keep that guy there. Yeah. 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 We talked about it last week. We talked about, as you said, Deshaun uh, and, and JJ Watt last week, we talked about, and look what he, he just signed a, a two-year deal, $23 million. He's headed to Arizona Cardinals and he's looking, sounds like he's pretty, pretty darn happy about that. Yeah. You know, good for him. I mean, I, you know, I think the thing with JJ and Houston um, just from the outside looking in it is certainly, and we've talked about this. It's certainly different than Deshaun and the Texans. Um, I, I believe both felt like, and it's obvious that both felt sort of the same way because they granted him the the release that he was looking for to to go play elsewhere. I think that he had run his course. They have it was time to part ways. Uh, you know, not unlike Peyton with the Colts, mutually. You know, you you issue a statement or a press conference saying, "Hey, we." We welcome, you know, his release and and wish him well. And I think that's the thing with JJ. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Arizona's got a really good young team. Yeah. He, yeah. he he's a perfect fit from a leadership standpoint. Instantaneously, he gives him street cred. Yeah, that team becomes substantially more likely to find some, find their way into Super Bowl. What is it? But you know, when you, I, I saw the you know the the teams that, as you mentioned just now, the Cowboys one of those in the hunt. What does that mean for Dak Prescott? You know, I, I just I find it hard to believe that the Cowboys would. Nothing surprised me with Jerry Jones, but I, um, I just don't see the Cowboys being an option. You know, in, in Saints, man, if they could somehow, Saints would be a great. Yeah. Like, you, you, we bring Russell in. Transition. I, you know, mark my word, I don't think Breeze is done yet. I think, I think he could be. There's a possibility. 
But I tend to think with each day that passes that he does not retire. Is I agree with you, uh, but but why not want to do a do a you know let's split some time here. I know it's you're you're two massively successful quarterbacks, so obviously the ego would matter. But if yeah, I could just see it as a passing of the torch, where 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 Breeze takes a couple of weeks and brings Russell along to take over towards the end of the year, and then it's his it's his gig. Yeah, I don't think that you have them both on the same team. I, I, okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just don't see them doing that. Gotcha. I just think that you're you open up a a, a mess. Yeah. I think Drew Drew showed a little bit of age. He got beat up a little bit, but the team is young, is very good. They've been in the hunt the last five years, very close. In in fact, you know, uh, and quite frankly, had they beaten Tampa the, a third time, who knows? So that has got to be appealing to Drew. I mean, some of the other things that that drive an older player out of the game is probably still there. You know, family, aches and pains, the drudgery of the day-to-day activity. But the fact that they have a chance, um, especially with him, is very appealing. And I think for all Saints fans, you got to be hoping that that he comes back – I'd like to see him come back myself. I, I think, but I think I do think the longer he, with each day that passes, he doesn't announce is one more notch in the he's coming back category. Yeah, that's right. If you could do it, pull rip the bandaid off, so to speak. Yeah. We'd like to take uh, one more minute and thank our friends at IP Vanish for doing an amazing job keeping us safe online. We all spend a lot of time online, and IP Vanish is helping to keep your data safe and private. Remember, IP Vanish is a VPN, a virtual private network that can be used on your computers, tablets, phones. That's important because what you're doing on the Internet isn't my business and it's no one else's business except yours. IP Vanish helps you remain anonymous and secure it on the Internet. IP Vanish is just $3.49 a month or just $27.99 a year, and it helps protect your online privacy and security which is really important today. That, that $3.49, what does it get you a month? Anonymous IP addresses, and that's really important because every computer, every, every piece of mobile device that you have has an in, individual IP address that's linked to you. So what they're going to do is they're going to hide that. They're going to hide your identity, put up a firewall, helps you circumvent any online censorship, and even gets protection when using public Wi-Fi, plus 24-7 email, chat, or even phone support. Anyway, if you need help, they're right there for you. And once again, a killer deal. You're getting 65% off right now at IPVanish.com slash Favre, F-A-V-R-E. Yeah, go to IPVanish.com slash Favre to claim your 65% savings. And they have plans starting at just $3.49 a month or $27.99 for the whole year. And they're offering 65% off for our listeners IP Vanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot with more than 6,000 reviews. Remember, it's IPVanish.com slash Favre, F-A-V-R-E, and get the deal of a lifetime and start protecting yourself online now. All right, Bowling with Favre, Brett Favre, awesome, another great week. We have Megan Kelly next week, uh, 3-9 show, Megan Kelly, and then following that is a good friend of yours, Brett Darius Rucker. Who yeah, in the Blowfish fame and Darius, yeah, on 316. We're looking forward to both of those, right? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's it. Bowling with Favre. Again, make sure you rate us and write a review. Get us on the list because uh, we 
love you too. All right, Brett, good week, brother. See you next week. Over and out. Coming real, it's the next episode. What about Brett Favre? Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels at Bowling with Favre. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.